Shalom everybody and Shavua Tov. We're continuing with where we left off in the Kuta Lachot, section Orach Chaim, uh, the laws of giving thanks, the blessings of thanksgiving, Brikato Da'a, discourse number six, based on the Kuta Moran lesson 24. We're in the middle of paragraph 19. Rav Nosin is now beginning to connect the concepts of Hanukkah the concepts of lesson 24 the with the with the whole concept of Hanukkah the main thrust that Rav is getting to say is that the light of the candles of Hanukkah represent the light of joy it's a light of Simcha which is why we light these candles in order to activate Simcha into our personal darkness and our struggles that we're going through to try to serve Hashem to try to connect <coughs> shining this light which is basically the light of the tzaddikim, which is a means for us to experience at our low level some drop, some modicum, some essence from the infinite light in order to shine into us hope to continue. One interesting insight, I don't know where Rav Nosen says this, but one reason given why Hashem is called the infinite light, why do we call this term, why do we care? Why do we need to know that Hashem is called the Infinite One. Isn't it just enough to tell us there's a God and that's it? Why this term called the Infinite Light? It's because Hashem's light, which means the joy and compassion and hope that He has, is unlimited. What does that mean? That as much as a person may give up on himself, if he truly wants to come back, Hashem always has a catch net prepared for that person. So no matter what a person can say, yeah, but I did this and this and this, and for sure Hashem will never accept me again. For sure there's no hope. So Hashem can say, well, I had pity on someone in a worse situation, and there was hope for him, and he made it. In other words, whatever you throw to Hashem, that your situation is the worst situation with what you're going through, and all the justifications and excuses you can use to justify why to give up and why to fall off, Hashem says, I have unlimited compassion, meaning, no matter how low you may fall in life, (laughs) there's a catch net below that. Hashem's hope bypasses whatever level of degravity and lowliness you may feel you're in and may you feel you've done, and that you you are, Hashem's compassion is that far. The main reason why most people fall in life is because they've basically given up on themselves. That's basically it. So the idea of the infinite light is to tell the person, to remind the person Hashem is unlimited. Meaning Hashem's light, which we're going to see now, light is associated with joy, with hope, is unlimited. No matter what you may do, if you are sincere and you want to come back, that's the main thing, you have to be sincere. You can't use this to take advantage because Hashem knows the truth <laughs> this is for people who are looking for the truth someone who's honest with themselves when a person is finally honest with themselves and he wakes up to see the reality how far he is and how in danger he is and how his hope his, his situation seems hopeless and at that point he wants to wake up and he says but how can I come back even if I want to how can I come back so then we say Hashem is unlimited his hope and his light is unlimited this Rav is going to show us is the light of Hanukkah so he says like this Rav we went into a little bit about the idea of the candles, right? On the candles of Hanukkah. Now he says like this, what is the idea of light? Because light brings joy to everybody. Okay? He brings a verse, like it says in Proverbs, Mishlei, chapter 15, verse 30. Right? The light of the eyes bring joy 
to the heart. In other words, light, the light is what brings simcha to a person. And like uh, the, the, those Nusach, Ashkenaz, and Sfard have the custom to insert the following words before finishing off the first bracha of the two blessings before the Kriyat Shema every morning in Shacharit. There are those who add these words. This is not in the Sephardic edition, for example. You see in Ashkenaz and standard Sephardic editions, they have this, these words in brackets. Rav Losan is using this as a proof to what he's saying. That Hashem, He established the items that bring light, such as the sun and the moon, mainly the sun, and that bring joy to the world, etc. So Rav Losan is trying to sh- show you the connection between light and joy. Okay, okay, great. Next stage. What is the light of all lights? What is the source of light that I should look to connect to? There's many beacons of light in this world, in this creation, but it's a physical light. Rav says something very powerful now. The essence of the light that shines above all lights, in other words, the light of lights in the world, is drawn from the greatest caliber level of tzaddikim, the greatest tzaddikim, that they are in the category of shehem bechinat mashiach, these great tzaddikim, outstanding leveled tzaddikim, are in the same category as mashiach, bechinat, like it says, it says as a verse in Proverbs, another verse, or tzaddikim yismach, the light of the tzaddikim yismach, it's in future tense, will bring joy, it's like, as the commentary said, it's associated with the future. The light of the tzaddikim will be revealed in the future, which is when Mashiach also will be revealed. So just like the light of the tzaddikim bring, will bring joy, Yismach means also bring joy, but also in future tense will bring joy. So it's associated with Mashiach Bezat Hashem, but it's in future tense also, Yismach. So the light of the tzaddikim shine. The commentaries explain on this verse that the tzaddikim are compared to the sun. The sun doesn't have another physical element fueling its light. The sun is shining itself. Where does the sun get its energy from? Directly from Hashem. Whereas other items in this world who receive from the sun, they're already second or third or fourth level. But the sun is the initial initiator of light. Who does the sun receive from? Hashem himself. The tzaddikim are compared to the sun also. That the tzaddikim have a light that brings joy. Just like the sun also brings joy to the world because it brings, you know, growth and happiness. It's light. Light is happiness. Okay? So too also, the tzaddikim, they have a light and they compare to the sun. That the tzaddikim's light comes directly from Hashem. They worked so much on themselves to reach that level. Rav Nosan brings another verse to strengthen this idea. Bechenat, like it says also in Psalms, Tehillim, chapter 97. We recite this on Friday night, Kabbalah Shabbat, verse 11. So light is sown, S-O-W-N, to the tzaddikim, because it's an investment. Light is sown because it, it will be revealed fully in the future, like Mashiach. And it's like a repetition of the same idea. And to those who have a straight heart, which are the tzaddikim, joy. Those who have a straight heart, also those who receive from the tzaddikim, and receive a straight heart from their light, they receive joy from the tzaddikim. Because the light of the tzaddikim is true joy. Because the tzaddikim are able to be happy even through all the suffering they go through in life. They're able to bypass everything. That's one of the great levels of the tzaddikim is that they're not weighed down by the difficulties, 
and the suffering and the trials and tribulations that everybody goes through in this world, the tzaddikim are able to remain steadfast in their emunah and that's reflected in their joy. They remain steadfast in their happiness in serving Hashem. And other people who are not at that level, they can receive this light and joy from the tzaddikim by following the tzaddikim, learning the teachings of the tzaddikim, being attached to the tzaddikim. So their light of simcha shines upon you also. The tzaddikim have worked on themselves, that's why they earned the title of being a tzaddik, to work on themselves, to be happy no matter what. Happy in their connection to Hashem, and to overcome all the tests that Hashem sends their way, they're able to have nothing to bring them down. They know it's just a test. And they know that, like we said earlier, that in the end, everything's going to work out. So why should I be worried? If in the end, Hashem's going to win, Hashem's going to win in the end, why should I be so down now? So this is the light of the tzaddikim, and it's sown. And those who have a straight heart, which means also the tzaddikim, but also those who receive a straight heart due to the tzaddikim, they have the joy. So Rav Nassim goes on to elaborate on Mashiach now. For the complete light, completely, of this light of joy will be revealed when Mashiach comes. adds, And that he should come very soon in our days. Amen, right? This is in line with another verse from Tehillim. Tehillim chapter, Psalms, chapter 132, verse 17, where it says, Hashem says, in that psalm, I have prepared a candle for my anointed one. The word Mashiach comes from the word anointed one. So Hashem says, I've prepared a candle to shine light. What does it mean Hashem's preparing a candle? It's saying that before this, there is no candle like this. This candle is bringing a light that didn't exist beforehand. That's why Hashem is saying in the verse in Psalms, I've prepared a candle for my anointed one, for the future Mashiach. Meaning before he comes, there's not, there is not this candle. And what is this candle shining a special light that is that is not in this time right now? Only Mashiach comes. So if no sin adds though, so the full light will be with Mashiach, the anointed one. We said earlier that oil is anointed is, is associated with light. Okay, we said that earlier. So he's, he goes on to say now, so until then we have to suffer. Until Mashiach comes, we just have to be in sadness and depression and darkness, and that's it. So he says, And even now, in the bitterness of the exile that we're all in, so how do we receive light to, to sustain ourselves, to hold on and not fall off in, in exile? So even now in our exile, our whole establishment to stay firm and not to give up and to be able to continue ourselves is only through this big light, Hashem's big light, which He shines into us in a very hidden and concealed format through the greatest tzaddikim available who are in the category of Mashiach like we mentioned earlier. Okay? So even today we have this light but it's through the tzaddikim. This light means simcha also, right? So Rav Nosen goes on. Ki ikar shem Mashiach hu al shem Hashemen shenimshach b'shemen hamishcha Because the name Mashiach, which translates as the anointed one, why is Mashiach called, called Mashiach? Why is that the main term? K 
king or something else. We call Mashiach mainly. He's called that term, the anointed one, because of the anointing oil that he was anointed with, the special Shemen HaMishcha, the anointing oil. That's why he's called Mashiach. What is the idea of the oil? So Rosh goes into details associated with Lesson 24 that fit in now. And by doing so, he's connecting all these concepts together, light, joy, and now the upcoming concepts which were mentioned by Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, in Lesson 24. Shemen HaMishcha, the anointing oil which was placed on the head of the Kohanim, for example, or the kings, where they would pour oil and join on the forehead between the two eyebrows. They make a type of a crown connecting, but it was on the head. And it's called anointing oil. Right? It's, it's the concept of a crown. So Rav Nosen borrows the idea of, of an item of importance being placed on the head. Anywhere on the head is considered like a crown. So he borrows a concept, a term from the Nazarite. The Nazarite who had the long hair and that long hair was afterwards deemed holy when he, when he finished his term of, the na, of being a, a Nazir. So they would cut the hair and use it to fuel the fire under the dud, under the pot cooking the korban, the sacrifice of the Nazir. Okay? That he made a promise to give. So it says there about his hair, Nezer Elohav Al Rosho. The Nezer, the crown of his God, is on his head. Even though it's his hair, it's called the crown. So Rav Nosen, even though it's, it's weird, why is he going to connect a term by the Nazarite to the anointing oil, which was mentioned explicitly by the Aaron Kohen when he was anointed and inaugurated to be a Kohen? Why is he now taking a term from someone else, a Nazir, who is somebody else, and using proof from that verse about the concept of a crown, how the anointing oil, which wasn't at all applicable to the Nazarite, is also called a crown. So if Nosen you're going to see coming up is focusing on the words Al-Rosho. It's on his head and even though it's the hair which is falling from his head, it's called on his head and it's called the crown. So watch what Rav Nosen does. First of all, he wants to explain what's the idea of the Keter. It's a crown. And what is a crown? How does Rabbi Nachman explain the concept of a crown in the Kutimoran Lesson 24? Shemisham mekabel hasagat hamochin it's from the concept of the crown that we receive or the tzaddikim receive the perception of their intellect and the perception is called in Kabbalistic Zohar terminology the perception of God is called the holy anointing oil because it's like that it is holy is da'at we see, we're going to see in lesson the Kutimah lesson 24 that Kodesh is called Da'at Wisdom, and it's called the Holy anoint, Anointing Oil that's holy, is the Da'at. Okay? And this is considered the idea of the, of the perception. So, in sense, connecting the Keter, the idea of the Keter, to the concept of intellect. But the Keter, Rabbi Nachman explains in Lesson 24, is like a prevention, like a boundary, to bounce back a person that he shouldn't advance further. He has to stop, because if he advances further, to try to perceive what's called the infinite light, he will disappear. It's too much. It's too intense for him. So the Keter bounces a person back. And here he's saying the Keter is associated with intellect. But it's two opposites. The Keter is a bounce back. And intellect, a holy anointing oil, which is called intellect of holiness, is a perception where you advance. They're not two opposites. So he answers. I mean, we see he's going to answer coming up, but it's also in like Lesson 24 that Rabbi Nachman says the main perception of godliness, of the infinite light, comes by being bounced back in life. The bounce back 
is what allows you to truly perceive. So the Keter is really the key for the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh. It's the key for true perception. It's the Keter. Okay? So Rav is once, once showing all the connections here to establish this idea. Even though, again, he borrowed the term from the Nazareth, he's going to go back to another verse to show it's connected to the anointing oil also. It's from the Keter that we receive the perception of, of the intellect, which is called the holy anointing oil, through the Betisha, through being bounced back. Shehu, what's the Betisha, this term from the Zohar, the, bound, the being smashed back. This, as described by Rabbi Nachman and Lassim, is that when the intellect hits the Keter and bounces back. And this perception coming from the being bounced by the Keter is the idea now explicitly connecting Aharon who was anointed with the anointing oil on his head what it says in Psalms chapter 133 verse 2 Kashemen hatov al-harosh like in other words it'll be like the dew of Mount Hermon the, the oil the good oil that came down from his head we have to understand this verse a little bit from the Gemara in Horayot. The Gemara says that when Moshe anointed Aaron, right, in the desert for the inauguration to become the high priest, so Moshe Arbenu, you know, poured the oil on, on, on his forehead, whatever, joining the two eyebrows of Aaron, and the oil began to drip down his face, down his beard, onto the neck area of the garment of the high priest. Okay, so until it was, and, 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 and the oil kept on dripping until it stopped dripping. But what happened was, after the oil stopped dripping, two drops formed at the edge of Aaron's beard, and they did not want to fall back, fall down towards the garment, which would be the, fin, the, the, the conclusion of the anointment. The conclusion of the, of the anointment is that the oil drips down and finishes dripping down, but two like droplets hung on the two edges of Aaron's beard and would not descend and in fact they went back up <laughs> they went back up towards his mouth area as if to, to say they're staying on him so Moshe Rabbeinu got worried he took this as a, not a good sign and also Aaron also took it not as a good sign that perhaps now they're being punished for what's called the Nehene Mihahekdesh they're gaining benefit from something holy because it's not for physical benefit these two drops staying on the beard is like giving him a benefit because it gave like an added dimension to the glossiness and the shining of Aaron's face with those two drops on the edge of his beard. Some say he looked like an eagle with its wings spread. All types of analogies on how Aaron looked when he had these two droplets on his face which gained him a higher level of, of honor. So they were both worried and Hashem consoled them. In this verse, it's considered like the Tal of Hermon. It was a, a, a consolation to Aaron and Moshe. Don't worry, this is considered good, and I want this to be like that. I want these two droplets to stay on Aaron's beard, to shine on him. Okay, so Rav Nosson now is going into this. First of all, to show you, right? Again, this verse has Kashemenatov Al Harosh, like the good oil, which was the anointing oil that we mentioned earlier, which is Rav Nosson explains Shemen Mishchat Kodesh is the idea of perception of godliness. Al Harosh, again, the word Al Harosh appeared also by the Nazir. Because it said, Nazir Elohav Al Rosho, and it says Al Harosh also on, on, on the head, on the head of Aaron. Like the good oil that fell down from the head of Aaron and stayed on the Zakan. Okay? 
So what is, the, in our context, what is the good oil on the head? It says on the head, like a crown. Like it says by the Nazir, on, on the head, and it's a crown. It says Nazir. That his hair is called a Nazir, and it says on his head. And here also it says, unlike the good oil, on his head, which is Bechinat Keter. This is the concept of the crown, like we said, and by the Nazir. The Nazir, the word Nazir means another word for a crown, a Keter. Bechinat Keter, Shu ala Rosh. You see, Rav is even pointing out that it's on the head. And the verse is saying, like the good oil, which is on the head, which means like the good oil, which is the Keter. The light of the Keter means the bounce back gives the, the wisdom of the anointing oil, which is called in the Kabbalah, Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, the holy anointing oil. And then in the Ravnosan continues the verse, Shwarosh, Yoredana Zakan. The verse in Psalms continues. And it, it it went down, going down, flowing down onto his beard. The two droplets did not want to leave Aaron's beard. You know, finish dropping down onto his garment. No. They stayed stuck, these two droplets at the edge of his beard. What's the idea of the beard? So Ravnosan says something amazing. What is the Zakan? Zakan is Zaken. Like the Gemara says. The zakan, the beard, has the same letters as the word for an elder, an elder of holiness, zaken. We call an elder, someone who's a Torah scholar, a zaken. Why is an elder a Torah scholar who's called a uh, zaken? Because zaken is an aphorism, like the Gemara says in Kiddushim, page 32.2. Zaken stands in, so as an acronym for ze, kana, chokhma. The design of zaken is like ze, this one, this person here. Kana, the, the kufnun, is from to acquire. Kana, kufnun of kana, acquired. And the next word, chokhmah. Ze kana chokhmah. This one is acquired. Acquired what? Wisdom. An elder, because the Gemara says, how about someone who's not so old, but he's knowledgeable in the Torah? Do we have to stand up for him and honor him? The answer is yes. Because old, a zaken, doesn't mean someone who's physically old, necessarily. But someone who has acquired wisdom, that's a zaken. So you have someone who's 18 years old, technically, but he's so knowledgeable in the Torah, so he's called a zaken, even though he's young. He's only 18 years old, but he's a zaken. So the, the, the zaken, the, the beard, is associated with wisdom. That's one of the reasons why we as Jews wear beards in order to allow the flow of wisdom to come down. The beard of a Jew is an extension of the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, like it was by hint, hinted to when, by the two droplets that did not leave Aaron's beard. Why didn't leave the, specifically the beard? You know, maybe the drops should stay on the eyelashes, stay underneath his eyes, stay on the nose. No, it went down the breed, breed the beard, and stayed on the beard specifically. Why? Why is the verse in Psalm talking about that? Because the beard is, is associated with wisdom, the wisdom of the Torah. Okay, watch. That's what it's saying, Zakan. Zekana chokhmah. Meaning what? What is this trying to tell us? All this. Bechinat hasagat hachokhmah v'hada'at shemekablin misham aledei ha'ka'a bechinat betisha kanizkale'en. The byproduct, the actual wisdom which I get through the anointing oil due to the bounce of the anointing oil if you want to say because it's like a, it's like a, it's like one term the anointing oil is the crown that means it's not the byproduct yet it's together the shemen mishchat kodesh the holy wisdom perception is coming about with the bounce the bounce back shows you that the wisdom that you're trying to perceive is shemen mishchat kodesh where is the byproduct now in the beard it's reflected in the beard what does that mean what does that mean the perception of the wisdom and the knowledge that we receive from there through being bounced and the keter which was the anointing oil that's because it, it is the keter 
Rav Nosson is trying to show us that the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh is the Keter. It's not the byproduct. It is the Keter. The byproduct now is what's going flowing on the Zakan, on the beard. Okay? So this is the, through the bounce, which is the Betisha mentioned above. That's the beard. What is the byproduct beard? Shezeu Bechinat Klesar Tikune Dikna Shebahem Kerulim Kol Amochim this, the beard, corresponds to what's called in the Kabbalah the 13 rectifications of the beard, which in these 13 rectifications of the beard are included all the intellects in the world, all the levels of true intellect, of the Torah, that means. All perception is broken down into 13 categories, all wisdom of the Torah, believe it or not. Everything comes about in 13 categories, which the Zohar depicts as the 13 sections of the beard, each one corresponds to a different level of wisdom to the entire Torah, the whole Pardes. Pshat, Rem, Mizdrash, Sod. They're broken down into the 13 sections, corresponding to what's called the 13, that's called by the Zohar, the 13 rectifications of the beard. Since the beard in Hebrew is Zaken, Zaken is Zekana Chochmah, wisdom. So the beard has 13 sections. The Zohar enumerates what they are. The hair under the nose, the mustache, the hair under the chin, on the cheeks, next to the ear. Like there's 13 sections of the beard in total. Okay? And each one is a different concept, believe it or not. Okay? So these are called the 13 rectifications of the beard, that in them are included all the levels of intellect. This the Arizal goes to in detail, you can see in Priyat's Chaim, in the gateway, the Shah Slichot, of the, of the Slichot prayer after the Shemone Esra in the morning, Shachrit prayer. Chapter 1, he goes to explain what are these. 12 which become 13 there's an all-inclusive one called number 13 there's 12 parts rectifications made up of Yudke Vavke four letters in three formats so that's 4, 8, 12 and then and also it's also broken into two groups also the four, the two fours 4 and 4 from Yudke Vavke times 2 is 8 and then we have 1 for the total that makes it 9 okay the 9 rectifications and then they join up to the other 4 which add up and make a 13 and each one corresponds to a different mochin, a different mentality. And that's the root of the whole wisdom of the Torah. You can see there in the, kit, in the writings of the Arizal, Priyat Chaim. And what are the 13 attributes of the beard? The 13 rectifications of the beard correspond to? These are also, you see, corresponding to the 13 midot, um, means, measurements, that the Torah is learned out from. And if, you, if you look every morning in Shacharit, we have what's called the Breitah, the Rabbi Ishmael. Right before Hodu, in the morning prayer, we read a Breitah, where Rabbi Ishmael enumerates 13 laws of exegesis, how the sages learn out the laws of the Torah using 13 rules. And it's these 13 rules which determine everything. All the practical law we have today is derived from the 13 laws, how the Chachamim, the sages, were able to learn out the Torah, meaning the, meaning, being the oral Torah, the basis of the oral Torah, is using the 13 rules of exegesis. Hashem gives us the permission, gave the sages the means to learn the oral Torah out using 13 rules. Okay? So these 13 rules, which is basically all of practical conduct in Judaism, are rooted in the 13 rectifications of the beard, which is the whole wisdom of the Torah also. Okay? The whole wisdom of the Torah on a practical level, needs the 13 rules of laws of exegesis. And they're, they're rooting in the 13 rectifications of the beard. And what's the beard? The beard, by Aharon, for example, where the drops of the anointing oil, which is the wisdom of the Keter, stayed on the beard, 
meaning it's shining this light of the Keter onto the wisdom of the beard so that the, the, law, the 13 laws of exegesis are done properly and the 13 rectifications of beard are also in the proper formats. That's the idea. And now even though it's said by Aharon, but this is an indicator for every Jew. I mean, Aaron was representing Am Yisrael with the anointing oil. And what was happening to him is like a, a, a reflection of what all Am Yisrael has to aim for. That he had it on a very high level, the crown, the, the anointing oil physically, and it then stayed on his beard. It's t the Torah is telling this us, to us to, to let us know that this is also our goal. That we should have our zekana chokhmah, our wisdom, which is reflected in the idea of the beard, receiving from the Keter, from the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, from the holy anointing oil, but can only happen if you have the betisha, the keter, the bounce back. Okay. Okay, I've just read this and went up a few lines. And these thirteen laws of exegesis, they are, like we just said, the all-encompassingness inclusive of all of the wisdom of the Torah and all the way the Torah is expounded out and all the insights of the Torah that this is the essence of the perception of the intellect so what Rav Nosin is showing us here is the light which is going to go, is going to go back to the light of Hanukkah light is associated with joy because it's through joy that the tzaddikim perceive the light which is called the infinite light he's showing us that the light which is the basics, basic of the part of the oil, right? the oil that's coming down from the, the anointing oil, its main product is oil. Oil burns, it shines, it's light. Even though in the anointing, we didn't burn the oil, but because it has oil in it, olive oil in it, which became part of the Shem Nishcha, so it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an item that can produce technically, potentially light. It is light, even though it's, using to, it's being used for anointing, it still represents the idea of light because when you light an oil candle, it produces a candle. So the idea of or, which is Rav Nosen is showing us here, is the idea of wisdom. It's connected to joy. It's part and package, package and parcel of joy, because the way this keter works, the bounce back and then receiving the intellect, is specifically through. It starts with the simcha that the tzaddikim have to reach their level. With the verse he brought before, right? Or tzaddikim bismach. Or and Simcha are connected because this light, which is the light of the Zakan, of the intellect, the true intellect of the Torah, the entire Torah, comes about through joy. And showing us all also that we need this light in order to be able to continue serving Hashem with joy while in exile. That's the point where Nosson is going to get to. And so in the next section, he's going to go back to connect this to Hanukkah Bezot Hashem.